Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Week in Review. I am Stephen Cox, along with Chair of the King County Democrat, Shasti Conrad. And we are joined this week by two breakout stars of this year's legislative session, Representative Jamila Taylor of the 30th LD and Representative David Hackney of the 11th LD. And we are going to be recapping some of what happened in this year's very historic session with them. But before we do, uh, we do want to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of Emerge Washington Executive Director Karen Besserman. Uh, Emerge, of course, trains women candidates to run for office. And Karen's legacy, I think it is fair to say, is felt at every level of government here in our state. Uh, Representative Taylor, I know that you worked with Emerge. Um, would you care to share a, a thought or two? Uh, oh. Absolutely. She she was a phenomenal force in our community and being able to connect so many women into the political specter um, and helping us uh, demystify running for office, um, being elected officials and just connecting um, us to each other as resources. And that has a transformation for our communities for the betterment of um, the lives of all Washingtonians. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, Shasti, I know that uh, I believe you were in the same cohort as Representative Taylor. Uh, thoughts you'd care to share? I was. I was um, really lucky to get to serve with uh, or be a part of the cohort uh, with Representative Taylor and with so many incredible uh, women. And yes, Karen was a force of nature. Um, and it she has totally changed the dynamics of um, politics here in the state of Washington and I know beyond. Um, it's a huge loss for the community. Um, so many of our Emerge sisters are grieving. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was a real shock to the system. Um, many people didn't know um, that Karen was, was sick again. And um, so, you know, we're just, we're grateful for the time that we had with her. We're grateful for this, you know, sort of revolution that she started um here and i think i you know both representative taylor and i feel the same way which is like we're not stopping anytime soon and we're so excited that there's gonna be so many other women that are going to um you know that are going to keep running that are going to be a part of karen's legacy moving forward yeah i think the momentum carries on and it's a it's a hell of a legacy that she's left behind and i will just say for everybody that i had the great good fortune to interview her uh, a couple of years ago and i will be uh, posting that interview for people to listen to in the show notes uh, so that you get an idea for just how awesome uh, she was. Um, as I say, uh, her legacies uh, felt acutely in the legislature. And so let's talk about that. Uh, this year's session, of course, is wrapped. There's been a ton of discussion about which bills passed, which ones did not. Uh, so uh, I think we'll do a little bit of a debrief with our two star guests here. Um, representatives, uh, this was both your first sessions in the state legislature, you both got a lot of stuff done. I wonder if you could just talk about some of your achievements and maybe some of the things that you're like proudest of. Uh, Representative Taylor, can we start with you on that? You know, I would think that uh, for me, working on the housing uh, bills, um, in particular, I was a co-sponsor with Representative Macri on uh, the, the just cause eviction and, and just making sure that um, tenants in Washington state have more protections. Um, and this is a fundamental game changer. Uh, we're among the leaders in all of the states, <laughs> the United States, um, in terms of tenant protections and um, being able to have House Bill 1236 pass after years of stakeholdering on both sides of the aisle um, and with landlords and tenants to get to a solution that really 
works to protect uh, the tenancies and ensure that um, there's just a legitimate business cause for a tenant to lose their housing. Um, and so really we, we need to continue to protect um, folks and keep them in their homes and keep um, communities stable. Yeah, so important, 1236, as we come out of the pandemic. Um, uh, Representative Hackney, I'll go to you next. Uh, you got a lot done as well in your first term. Uh, maybe talk about some of your accomplishments and some of the things that, that you feel proudest of. Uh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I'll talk about you know some of my committee work and some of the, some of the bills I worked on outside of committee. Uh, I think probably my proudest accomplishment is the uh, capital budget. I was vice chair of the capital budget committee and was asked to lead a working group uh, to recommend an investment for the state in broadband. And we came back with a historic $411 million investment, almost 10 times the amount that was originally uh, uh, in the budget, in the governor's budget. But I think we came together and recognized that we had to address the, the problem at the scale of the problem. Um, in addition, I was on public safety committee and I was able to uh, uh, assist um, Representative Jesse Johnson and Representative Deborah Entenman on some pretty impactful uh, public safety criminal justice bills, police accountability bills. Um, 1054, which dealt with uh, uh, police tactics. Uh, 1267, which dealt with independent investigations of lethal force by police officers. And 1310, which defined a new use of force standard for police officers. And um, outside of my uh, committee work, I was really excited to work, uh, me to be able to vote for a capital gains tax, a uh, uh, you know a climate solutions bill. Um, these are bills that have been uh, they attempted to pass for over ten years, and I was really excited to be the, the class um, that was able to uh, get those through. Can I just ask a quick follow up on that, uh, David? You know, um, 1054, 1310. Uh, do you feel that there is momentum going into next session for even more? Bills like that? <clears throat> well, I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation. Um, you know, one of the things, one of my truths is that, you know, uh, the police cannot, uh, they cannot police a community without the community's consent. You need witnesses, you need jurors, you need to rebuild the trust. And I think that's going to be an ongoing relationship. And we're going to have to see how these bills work in real life. And I think there may need to be some tinkering as we move forward. Um, one of the uh, larger issues that did not make it through was a private right of action for violations of these. So that's going to uh, be a game changer when you um, have that level of enforcement. It's unclear now what the sanctions are for violating the, uh, the current bills, but we are now um, giving uh, needed guidance to law enforcement of the tactics that we expect them to use how we expect them to uh, conduct investigations and when and how they can use uh, force against citizens. So this is a, a beginning of the conversation and I think this will be something we'll, we'll be grappling with for many, many years after. Yeah, it's amazing work and, and I mean, what a historic session and you know, we're so grateful that the two of you were there um, and we were proud to um, have supported you and helped to get you there. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people don't realize just how difficult campaigning um, is. And so we'd love to um, we'd love to hear from you about your experiences of finally making it to the legislature and the obstacles that you had to overcome during your campaign as not just a first time candidate, but as black candidates, um, particularly in the last year that we've had 
Um, Representative Hackney, we'll start with you first. Uh, thanks again for that question. You know, I had a, uh, a unique uh, challenge in that I was running against an 18-year uh, Democratic incumbent. Um, I found that uh, a lot of the major Democratic institutions um, were not inclined to even uh, review uh, my candidacy. They said, we just, we stick with the incumbent every time. Uh, the Democratic Party um, was also, uh, you know, created some obstacles. You know, Vote Builder is a really an essential tool uh, to be able to contact voters that are, one, Democratic-leaning, and two, likely to vote. Without that kind of intel, you end up wasting a lot of money uh, trying to contact people that have no interest in voting for you. And the Democratic Party had previously um, made it very difficult for incumbents. If you were challenging a Democratic incumbent, you had to get the uh, your um, legislative district's endorsement as well as the uh, county endorsement in order to get access to Vote Builder, where, where folks that were going for an open seat or incumbents did not have to meet that burden. Um, I was unable to meet that burden for the uh, primary. Unfortunately, I was able to get both the 11th LD sole endorsement and the King County sole endorsement, which I really appreciated in the general. Um, the other additional uh, challenge for everyone, of course, was doing this remotely. So where in the past, I would be able to um, you know, doorbell without restriction, have uh, candidate forums in person where we could really see the difference in our personality and style and, and, and ability to communicate and our energy. Um, you just didn't get the same uh, uh, impact on Zoom, but everyone had to deal with that. Um, it was a uh, improbable journey for me going against an 18 year incumbent. Incumbents only wearing 98% of the time, but I am so glad I took the risk and put in the effort and then I'm now in the legislature. And we should give you a, we should give you a little bit of credit and a little bit of shout out, which is, um, you know, you became a real champion of changing that vote builder policy. And in just the last two months, and in fact, you became the state committee member for King County Democrats, which we were so grateful that you did that. Um, and in the last um, six weeks, um, Tina at the state party, they've changed the vote builder policy. So now um, they've um, sort of remove the endorsement process as a part of getting access to Vote Builder, and it's made it a lot easier for challengers who are oftentimes um, more uh, people of color, they're younger, um, to have access to that same data that makes such a big difference in campaigns. So it's awesome. Um, Representative Taylor, um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the, some of the challenges you faced both when you were running, but then once you got into the state legislature, what it was like, um, and you were the um, the chair of the of the Black Caucus, so we'd also love to hear about what, how that all played out. Oh, so much has happened <laughs> in the last twelve months or fifteen months. Um, in my journey to get to elective office, it it actually started in twenty nineteen um, in in campaigning. I ran for city council and had a traditional campaign lost that campaign, um, which was a, a good thing because it made me available for um, this uh, run. And I was ready to go, had everything pulled together, had new name recognition because I came out of the gate almost out of nowhere. A lot of folks in the community, community who are in federal way in particular um, didn't know me before in this particular space. Um, but then when I um, announced and like just a few weeks later, COVID hit and everything shut down. Um, 
all the candidates had to um, figure out what the pivot would be, how to um, pivot to the digital space. And luckily it was, it was like, you know, taking like a duck to a water. Um, I was able to not only pivot to a digital space, um, I was also able to mobilize resources for community and ensure our folks had access to the information they needed for mortgage assistance, rental assistance, um, forbearance of your school loans. And so the campaign turned more into information provision for community rather than say, hey, here I'm here I am as a candidate, vote for me, donate to my campaign. For the longest time, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to raise money uh, during COVID, but that turned around uh, somewhat throughout um, the process. Um, but there are still, you know, traditional forces at play where folks, um, even in my own district, didn't think that I could win. They didn't think that we could have two Black um, elected officials sitting as state representatives serving at the same time. And, and so um, it was hard to get some of the local support and, and actually folks, um, local Democrats worked against my candidacy. Um, and so I, I just charged forward and, and did the very best I could and um, led with integrity, led with heart and, and led with the, the people in mind and, and essentially kept focused on what the folks needed was a COVID recovery. You know, it's recovery, recovery, recovery. And so when I got into office, um, you know, I, I got tapped into leadership early on. And, and it was around really mobilizing our team, um, our Black Members Caucus, and then of course, working in the larger caucus to mobilize around the four um, primary um, priorities that we had, which was the COVID response, racial equity, um, economic recovery, and climate justice. And when you focus all your bills in those areas, you do historic things. So when we had focus and we were able to work together in a digital space, I think we were able to push um, more effective policy and respond to the community as they needed. Absolutely. Um, and it, I really do believe it made such a huge difference. And even though, you know, like in the Senate, we kept the same number of Democrats um, who we had as those state senators, who we had in the state house, changed and became more diverse and it really mattered. Um, Stefan, I'm getting an echo. Are you hearing that? I am not hearing it, but let me just check our settings here real quick and see if there's anything that I can do to mitigate that. Give me two seconds here. Yeah. Do, 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 do. You guys are doing awesome. Thank yeah, yeah that's fantastic. I have echo cancellation turned off. Is anybody else hearing the echo? Or is it just oh, me? Yes, Chasta, yes. yes. You're hearing you it. Did you hear it when I was speaking? Because I could hear it. It started to go off with you. Yep. Are you are you hearing it when I speak? No. no. I only hear it when speaks. Oh, you only hear it when Chastity speaks. I, I wonder um if it has hmm. Uh uh it may have to do with the fact that not everybody's on headphones, and that might make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I'm not sure what to do on this end about it. I can let me pause if you don't mind. I'm just going to pause the uh, the audio here and see if it's coming through on the audio recording. It's not coming through on the audio recording. So, okay, it, so you, guys, you guys can put up with it. Uh, it doesn't seem to be impacting um, the uh, the audio. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe Jeff, you can make sure everyone's muted when they're not speaking. That might help. That's a great idea. 
Yeah. All right. Um. Uh. So. Uh. uh yeah. What's. Uh, I'll just. Um. Yeah. I'll just say like. Yeah. I can come back out of Jamila's answer. Perfect. Just pick it up there. Okay. Yep. Um. Yes. I mean, it really I think makes such a big difference of who is there, even though you know in the state senate we still had the same number of Democrats um, who was represented both in the state Senate and in the state house was different. It was more diverse. Um, and I think that it made a big difference in um, the type of legislation that was able to be passed. And you two really led the way on that. So thank you so much. Um, you know, on that same note, you know, these types of um, systemic racial inequities, they don't just go away once you actually get to Olympia, even in a virtual session. Um, you know, this is the most diverse legislature in Washington's history, but we still have a long way to go to achieving proportionate representation. What types of challenges did you both face um, in this session, particularly as, you know, Black people arriving into a powerful and largely white body and institution? Um, Representative Taylor, um, you can start. I think the first thing we had to address is the fact that um, folks of color, in particular Black people, are not a monolith. And so uh, even with the critical mass of um, uh, Black members in, in the legislature, we have um, eight on the House side and one on the Senate side. Um, we all come from various uh, different backgrounds. And, and a lot of times folks would conflate our background with being impoverished or having only an interest in police accountability when really we have interest in all things that affect the lives of Washingtonian. Um, so when you when you think about uplifting the Black community, you're you're lifting up the entire Washington community. Um, and I think the policies that the Black Members Caucus uh, especially put forth um, are universal uh, and really support um, inclusion, diversity, equity um, through and through. Representative Hackney, what about for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there were some definite issues about the remote session that we all had to address. And that is the the difficulty of really forming the personal relationships, you know, on Zoom. You know, we couldn't have, in essence, unscheduled communication. I mean, you could occasionally catch someone, but you know, there were a lot of people that were on other calls or doing other things. So if you really want to speak to someone, you had to uh, make an appointment with an LA, and that made communication uh, more difficult, and I think building relationships uh, more difficult. I would agree with uh, uh, Chair Taylor in that you know uh, that we as a group had di very different viewpoints, but it was helpful for us to get together and discuss them amongst ourselves and understand that, and then on occasion when it was appropriate, um, you know. Um, the chair could represent that the Black Members Caucus was in support or not in support of something. But in general, um, we, uh, you know, our districts are different, our, our, our politics are different, and our professional backgrounds are different. Um, and I think that was something that I think it took, it took some folks a while to understand. Um, so as the activist in the group, I have some very specific questions for both of you, uh, because on this show, we really like to have some calls to action. In particular, I really like uh, for people to get involved with their electeds and the legislative process. We know how much work that there is to do around campaigns, so we definitely get involved with that. And then during the session, we push people to advocate for very specific legislation. Uh, this year, we worked with uh, the Take Action Network, which pairs activists with uh, very specific causes that they want to activate for uh, the advocate for, and then it encourages them to either call or email the representative. I don't know if you uh, were aware of the Take Action Network, but you probably got some of their emails, some of their calls. So I'll just ask you generally, 
uh, during your first session, um, what was it like, uh, like interacting with your constituents, either by phone or by email? Did you find one of the other more impactful uh, 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 Representative Taylor? I'll start with you on that question. I would say that uh, interacting with the constituents um, by phone or by Zoom um, is the best way for me to continue to hear what's what's going on in real time. Uh, email can be very overwhelming depending on uh, who is mobilizing a network of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails that come in and our system uh, can sometimes be overwhelmed um, by those actions and um, it, it can be challenging. What I think is just as important in, in terms of reaching out to the legislators is when a, a hearing is um, scheduled and you sign in and you give written testimony. I believe in 2020, that session, there was 17,000 folks who signed in um, to, uh, to testify um, or to, to register their written testimony. And then this year it was uh, 67,000. Um, and so for me, that has significant impact in the way um, folks are engaging in the process. And it's more inclusive. Um, folks were more willing to um, participate by Zoom because they didn't have to give up a whole day of work to, to come down to Olympia. Um, for me, moving into the summer session and interim, uh, I'm going to be specifically working on Blake, the response to Blake. And, and that was a late game changer uh, that came after policy cutoff, came after most of the budgets uh, were locked and not darn near sealed, almost sealed. Um, and we needed to come up with a response to the drug, uh, the war on drugs that didn't involve law enforcement. And so activism in terms of helping your local electeds um, uh, ensure that they accept resources, um, uh, place um, treatment centers, recovery uh, navigators, and other support systems uh, to help folks who are suffering from substance use uh, disorder and other um, crises that have them interacting with police um, on a regular basis. Um, we can't arrest our way out of the war on drugs. And so activism in terms of getting local leaders, county electeds, uh, municipal leaders, uh, to um, um, uh, work with the state on funding and the resources that we're bringing to the table uh, to to address uh, the whole continuum of care for the, our brothers and sisters who are suffering through a substance use uh, disorder and, and, and sometimes a co-occurring disorder with mental illness. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking that on. I think the Blake decision caught so many of us off guard. And so the off session is really going to be a time to uh, to, to really uh, square some things away in terms of what the game plan is for next session. And uh, hold that thought, because I have a couple follow-up questions uh, for you on that. But uh, Representative Hackney, uh, 67,000 people signing up to testify. And I know that uh, a lot of uh, people were signing in either pro or con when it came to certain pieces of legislation. I'll just ask you generally, um, how did that impact your, I, I guess, decision-making as a, as a legislator this year? Uh, thanks for that question. Um, you know, I am definitely not someone that goes with the majority. I really feel that, you know, I'm elected to use my judgment. And so it is helpful to know um, and, and how I communicate. But how I uh, evaluate uh, legislation and public policy is not necessarily uh, the majority rules. I was very, though, cognizant of the email traffic that came in. Um, my uh, LA uh, would perform an analysis and let me know 
you know, obviously for the thousands of emails, we didn't read each one, but we definitely uh, took the temperature on particular issues. I was very, um, I did respond uh, to pretty much every email. Um, a lot of them were, um, and I told, you know, there were emails and would say, we have to agree to disagree, you know, and explain my point of view. There were uh, emails where I, where I told people that I was on board uh, with them. And um, with respect to uh, uh, testimony at committees, I definitely looked at that as well. I think it's important to take into account, you know, um, the what the community is, is saying. But I think at the end of the day, um, you're responsible for your votes. And saying that, you know, I got a lot of emails on it is not a justification for it. You have to determine whether that legislation is good public policy for your district and the state of Washington. And that's the process I went through. I can see in my mind many, many activists taking copious notes on, on what you just said. So thank you so much for that feedback, actually, to, to both representatives. Very, very helpful. I will just ask uh, both of you, now that session is over, uh, we do know that people are looking for ways to support in the offseason. Representative Taylor, you said that you're going to be doing a lot of work on the, on the Blake uh, the, the the Blake decision. Um, Representative Hackney, is there anything that you are working on that people should uh, know about that you could use help with? Sure. Uh, along with probably, you know, Chairman Taylor and some other members of the Black Member Caucus, I'm going to be really focused on the repeal of I-200. Uh, that's been on the books for on, uh, over 20 years. Um, there have been a number of initiatives that have not been successful. Their I-1000 was successful, and then it was narrowly, narrowly defeated by referendum by less than uh, 1%. Um, I think it's time for the state of Washington to no longer be one of, I believe, nine states that does not have a state-level affirmative action program. Um, I think I'm also going to be really uh, power mapping in my district and really in a manner that I didn't have the opportunity to during the campaign, but to really identify the issues that are most important and relevant to my district. And so that process is what I'm starting now, and, and that will help me inform my legislative agenda moving forward, um, in addition to the repeal of I-200. Are there things that people can help with? Should they get in touch? They should definitely get in touch. If you're involved, I think as much as we uh, went to the streets to talk about police accountability, I think there's an opportunity to organize the community and educate the community on bills that are that are really impactful to them. Uh, a repeal of I-200 is one. Um, I think also, you know, issues dealing with low-income housing and income inequality that are very impactful uh, for my district. My district has a lower average median income than the rest of King County. It's a working-class district. It's an uh, immigrant district. It's a majority-minority district. And I think that there's an opportunity to organize the district and get them focused on issues that impact their lives and letting them know they can make a difference by getting involved. We will have your contact information for people in the show notes. Uh, Representative Taylor, of course, you said you're going to be working on the Blake decision. First of all, I'll, I'll ask you, is there uh, are there specific asks that you would have from the activist community for help on that? And are there other things that you'll be working on? 
Uh, yes. Uh, the first ask I have of the activist community is invite me to your local uh, indivisible meeting or your local uh, community meeting regarding uh, general municipal issues. So if you're in Spokane, if you're in Walla Walla, um, you know, and you're hosting it virtually, or I might even be able to come in person. Um, I want to hear about what you think um, so solutions should be uh, for um, responding to the substance use um, uh, disorder issues in, in our communities. Um, and it, it, I think it needs to be community driven. We need to make sure that progressive voices are participating in this process, especially on in Eastern Washington. Um, a lot of folks think, you know, just because they have a Republican elected that their voice may not be heard. Um, but I will listen and I can bring some of those policies that can um, uh, help uh, all of Washington and in particular rural Washington. Other issues, um, certainly I will support efforts to repeal um, the ban on affirmative action and we'll continue to work on housing related issues. Um, we certainly need to make sure that broadband gets to all four corners of Washington state. That was certainly a, a bipartisan supported effort. Um, it, it, the devil is in the details. And so we, we definitely need to make sure um, that we move forward with um, getting those those actions out there. But at the end of the day, folks are still suffering through um, the, you know, the economic uh, calamity that was caused by COVID-19. And so um, we need to make sure that folks have access to the resources that they need. Um, if, if it means that uh, we need to um, put more money into the economy um, through legislative action uh, to support folks who are still struggling, if there are business industries and, and sectors that um, have um, workers who are impacted Proportionately, we need to make sure that we're looking at policies that support helping people not just get bad, getting back to work, but getting back to work with family wage jobs. I mean, we don't want to go to the old normal. We don't want to go to a new normal. We want to go to new possibilities. And that's why we as Democrats um, ran for office because we wanted to change the status quo. And so the pandemic, the, the social justice change that's happened over the, the past couple of years, we absolutely must be committed to working harder. Um, again, with the racial equity lens that we put on our bills this year, um, you know, we cannot undo systemic racism that's been present in our country for more than 400 years in one legislative session. So we have to remain committed and, and not just sit here and pat ourselves on the back because we, we passed a couple of bills that still will be challenged through implementation or through court action. There is constant, constant push to continue to make sure that justice, economic justice, racial justice, and other social justice efforts are moved forward. I also want to point out, I just want to recognize uh, also, Chair Taylor is going to be uh, convening the Black Members Caucus during this intercession um, so that we can talk about the initiatives that we are going to be uh, pursuing. We can learn how to coordinate, work together, and uh, and you and put together our resources in a more organized fashion. You know, we have a record number of of members of the Black Member Caucus, and we're going to continue uh, working together and uh, uh, coordinating together. And I appreciate uh, the chair for 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 doing that for us. That's 
that is that's awesome to hear and we will make sure to put representative taylor's information in in the show notes as well so that you can reach out and find ways to be able to invite her to your um, events and meetings um and i'm gonna i have a question that i want to add um in here which is um you know in this in this year in an odd year we have a lot of municipal elections and folks that are running um for the first time just like you did and representative taylor you know you ran first for federal way city council what would you tell those folks who are running for the first time who are maybe saying thinking like you know i'm not going to know what to do when i get there how do i figure all this out do i have it in me to be able to to run for the first time and then what if i become elected and i have to go do this job can i do it what would you say to those folks um representative hackney we'll start with you and then we'll go to representative taylor sure well one you know i want to uh uh congratulate them for jumping into the crazy end of the pool. Um, but if you have a heart for service that has motivated you to take the risk and uh, to do the work to run, I think you already are in the, the you already have what it takes to be an effective uh, uh, person in office. You, you know, there is a learning curve for everyone. You have to learn the process. You have to learn the resources that are available. There are amazing resources, at least at the legislative level, that are available for us to help us do what we do. You know, you need to listen, you need to learn, but you also need to know that you were elected to do a job. You were elected to lead and advocate for things that you believe in. And so it's your job to, in a sense, get educated so that you can advocate. And at the end of the day, it's about closing the deal and getting votes for uh, public policy that you support for the legislative body. And um, so there is a learning curve for that, but it's uh, it's a steep one. And if you put the work in and you have a heart for service and a heart for uh, really solving problems for your community, we are problem solvers. We are, we, and our tool is uh, legislative uh, public policy. And that's what we're here for and that's what we do. Awesome. Representative Taylor. Yeah, what I would say on the municipal level, local level is really know what the scope of the position is. Um, so if you're running for a mayorship or a county council or city council, know what the main issues that they're addressing, especially in the last five to 10 years. Um, be very um, thoughtful about the budgets that they um, manage. I mean, a, a budget for a city like Walla Walla is much different than a budget for a city like Tacoma. Um, and so you have a different context of how you engage um, with the community and focus on your community. Um, one of the key things that I, I, talk to candidates who've called me um, this year and, and beyond is um, I, I want to hear what you know, what you think is needed for your specific community. Uh, you don't have to be an expert in all things municipal, um, but you have to really have a passion about um, what you want to see uh, different um, um, around uh, what's happening in the city of Federal Way, for example, and how you will contribute to um, being a leader that is different than what maybe you've seen in the past. Are, are you one who's connected to the community and you listen? Um, are you one who's really uh, focused on the fiscal matters that the, uh, lead the leadership is maybe lacking? Um, what can you do to contribute and and do better than what's uh, um, what and who is out there in elected leadership? You, you know, change for change's sake doesn't make any uh, better policy. Um, 
and there are a lot of resources like um, that are out there, and, and I'm sure we can share those with you um, in the chat later. And we absolutely will. Um, and of course, one of the biggest municipal races on the map, and in fact, probably the, the biggest one of all, is the Seattle, uh, Seattle mayoral race. Um, Representative Hackney, I know that your district uh, is, is part of, or Seattle is part of your district, rather. Uh, what are your thoughts about how this is, this, this very, very crowded field of candidates is starting to shape up here? Yeah, it's uh, it's a very going to be an interesting race. I mean, it's it's far less than uh, than in 20, uh, 2017. Um, I have uh, endorsed and I am a part of the campaign for uh, former uh, state representative uh, Justin Farrell. Uh, I am uh, I'm cognizant. We now have a um, a text gate scandal, uh, you know, at the mayor's level, and we've had a a difficult relationship. I think or difficult uh, you know issues dealing with the city council. I think uh, I think Justin Farrell coming in um, with the uh, leadership skills uh, from the legislature and a strong uh, background in both transportation and environment, I think will is a way to unite the city. Um, she has a, a plan for uh, for homelessness um, as well as other major issues for the city. She has a vision and I think she has the political skills to actually close and get change done. And that's what's important. Thank you. Um, thanks for that. Yeah, it is definitely a race to watch. Um, and uh, we just want to say thank you so much. Thanks for being here today. But thank you so much for the work that you've done to just keep fighting for progressive change for all of Washington and really particularly for you know King County and your districts. Um, we know it's not always easy. We know you, uh, it's often that there's a lot of challenges and obstacles, but we really, really do appreciate you. And we're so glad that you are there uh, fighting for fighting for all of us. So thank you. Thanks for your support. And just in closing, I would also like to be invited to uh, meetings and groups. You know, because of the pandemic, I was not able to get out as much as I want. And as you know, I'm double vaccinated. And uh, as we move forward, I'm looking to uh, get into the community, for, particularly for groups that are looking for change or want to influence state uh, uh, public policy. Uh, put me in the game. I work for you. I will underline that with a big yellow highlighter because, of course, this is the Washington State Indivisible podcast. So it goes out all over the state. If you would like to have representatives uh, Taylor and or Hackney uh, as part of your meetings, we will have their uh, contact information in the show notes. And we highly recommend that you do because they are incredible people and incredible legislators. Uh, thanks to both of you, of course. And thanks to everybody for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.